I got a snowball microphone that'll be better audio. Cool. Um, it's going good, man. How are you doing? Uh, uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Just uh, got back from Las Vegas for two days. and uh... <laughs> I always laugh because that's the right amount of Vegas. Absolutely. Yeah. It's two days because after two days, you're like, all right. Uh, you know, I got. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, they they cleaned my clock, um, so I'm happy to be part of the rebuild and mm, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, you're gonna have to start taking more jobs now after after two days. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm more, I'll do anything for money. Uh, so yeah, 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 yeah I'm, I'm I'm up for it. What's going on you with you, Ben? How time. how are things? It's been a couple of weeks since we yeah hung in uh, Boise, Idaho beautiful Boise things are good man I actually uh, I think I told you about the cryptocurrency I was launching I know, uh, that's why you're here I want to talk about it I'm excited I launched it yesterday it's officially live and out and in the world so that's kind of been uh, the lion's share of my time I've been doing some writing with my friend Pedro and then just doing spots when I can but you know I'm trying to like make sure I don't uh this weekend, I was like, all right, I'm just not going to like do anything for it. So I don't have it become 100% of my personality. <laughs> yeah, sure. I was like, I need to just read a book about just some shit, just uh -huh. something else, just anything. Um, I'm in this outfit because I literally just shot a uh, TikTok and I was like, you know what? I'll just leave it on. I'm sure yeah, Mike no, yeah, class it up, please. I mean, make yeah. this. Uh, <laughs> you instantly added uh, production value to this uh, podcast. Yeah, but, but then I got my little uh, $10 Party City green visor. <laughs> this uh, is the outfit. This I don't, is the I don't know if this happened to you. I, I, every day, every, and I mean every single day, I get an email from party city what about some deal 20 percent off the uh, uh whatever flags uh, you know what i mean like every day i get an email from party city because i bought a bag of balloons from them once yeah. 10 years ago and you gave them your email i don't remember giving them i like that's so uncharacteristic there's no way that somebody was like hey give us your email and i'd be like oh okay party city <laughs> like i trust i trust your discretion on uh that's so funny party city it, it really is one that like what deals are they having that is going to make me go oh like i gotta get off my ass and get in there because it's something you go to what once every you know few years i mean maybe i was guessing like i was like oh you film a lot of stuff yeah i could see you going i need a prop it doesn't matter that it's a $15, $10 prop. Yeah. Party city. Yeah. But the idea of deals from there kind of makes me laugh because you're like, all right, the balloons are what normally 15 bucks. Like, like I'm going to get off my ass for 13 and really, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it's not that, uh, <clears throat> elastic of a good, is that it? That's the right <laughs> word choice. Do you know that term? That's an economics term. No, what, what is it? Elasticity of goods. I'm pulling into my former econ classes elasticity of goods if the price is elastic it affects how much you buy if it's inelastic you'll just buy it no matter what interesting so so where's so, that a situation where i'm trying i'm trying trying to put this together 
uh, uh, something that you like need is inelastic. Like, oh fuck, they can kind of just charge whatever they want because I need it. Right. Okay. Um, whereas you know, balloons from Party City, I you know, the, and Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't know. Uh, where wow. I mean, you are. This is getting way heady. This is. Uh... <laughs> and that college degree. If whoever's listening, <laughs> college degree in the building. Uh, where did you go, by the way? I went to Wake Forest in North Carolina. Oh, nice. How about you? I, I went to a couple different, I did a tour. I went to a couple different, uh, I went you to- You did a tour? Yeah, I did uh, Kent State for a few years, which is mm. uh, most famous because they shot some students. Oh shit, that's right. I was like, yeah, I've heard that name. And then in my head, I was like, is that, are they NCAA? But then I was like, no, Kent State shooting. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the claim to fame. Um, that's like- <laughs> it's even part of the tour. And like they were like, oh, really? this is where they got shot. It's like, oh, interesting. That's uh, so funny. You can't not a little bit if it's that iconic. Yeah, it's a giant you know? elephant in the field of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're, yeah. When you're walking the student union. Um, I went to Kent State, and then I went to the Cleveland Art Institute for about a year, where mm. I learned uh, how to make avant-garde film, mm. which has served me wonderfully just you know just huge market for uh the next stan brackage and myra deeran and and painting on film i mean it's just those that, are the folks <laughs> that that investment i mean just pays off all the time i, I mean certainly i mean how much uh, kind of sincerely how much uh avant-garde-edness do you did that if if it does have value <clears throat> Mm-hmm. You know, it, you know, I think avant-garde is good to inform sensibility, yeah. but I don't think it's good to not, this isn't unilateral, but I think it's good to inform sensibility, but I don't know if it's always the best for it to be the, the sole uh, driving like tone or driving like yeah. thing that drives the execution. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, 100%. I mean, I, it's actually not a bad thing to bring up and talk about because I, I, I like your comedy, which I've now become a huge fan of over the last two weeks. There, there's things that are like uh, podcast ended. Whenever yeah, it that's it. We're done. <laughs> I got a compliment, Mike. <laughs> um, no, I know what you're saying, which is it, it helped in like one just broadening horizons right you know because as a kid like all i loved was terminator 2 and uh you know movies like that for sure so to right. see like people make make uh films or something that's just solely around ideas and like a theme or you know what i mean like this is they're like essays of like this is something that right. i have been thinking about for a long time and i'm going to sh- convey it to you visually Right. Uh, I think is is valuable. What isn't valuable is that there's no sense of humor in that mm. arena. That's it's interesting. Hard, yeah, I mean, it's hard to be like a funny avant-garde filmmaker. That's very interesting. I mean, the you know uh, the closest, I guess, if they I would describe comedy that it veers toward avant-gardedness, I would think would be like uh, Tim and Eric or Eric Andre. Yeah, like the, they kind of have. It's just that to me would be the most comedy version of uh, that just that comes to mind. Yeah. Just because it's not like, you know, they don't have a lot of just like 
conventional joke structure and that's right. like the joy of it is like it's like oh wow it really you you really can do anything <laughs> yeah yeah and uh yeah and, and obviously andy kaufman is sort of the the godfather of all of that of like yeah like we're, we're both too young to have seen him <clears throat> you know in in live or in person or in the moment I just can imagine like how fucking weird that must have been to see somebody on, you know, Saturday Night Live, which was a, was a new show to begin with, but like yeah. playing the Mighty Mouse record and singing it, but only yeah. in moments, like he didn't sing the whole thing. He just was the chorus. That's That was one of, he would do the Mighty Mouse record. He would just do bits of it. <laughs> yeah, he would. Um, I know that one. Yeah, he would uh, come on stage. He was dressed up very nicely. Um, and then he had a record player by him and he would play the record. And I don't know if you know the Mighty Mouse theme, but it's, it's like from a cartoon. So it's very like, yeah. you know, cartoony. It, yeah. And the, the verse is like, um, here I come to save the day. Yeah. Is it that? Oh, that song. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That is, I, I do know that one. Yeah. yeah. So the brilliance is like, he's not even singing the whole thing. He's just doing the Mighty Mouse, like, here I come, you know, like that part. That would yeah. be weird, but I think everybody was smoking dope or they put dope in the water. I mean, I don't know how else you ex explain shag carpets and the wallpaper <laughs> and stuff like that. Not even just shag carpets, shag carpets in bathrooms. That's literally like, <laughs> that's like the funniest, like who the hell thought that was a good idea? Like my grandma, my grandma's house, shag carpet in the bathroom. You're like, <laughs> right. What fucking world would just you want a carpet just soaking up all the just like shit in the air and piss that drips off <laughs> and water from the shower? It's what it's really what the hell were people thinking? I think other than like, I don't know, racism, that's probably the worst idea of that era. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> And we yeah, eradicated right. one, so we can eradicate the other. Uh, amen. You yeah. Know what I mean? Racism has been cured. That's the one. <laughs> um. I, when I was growing up, I, as a kid, I had lava lamp red shag carpet in my bedroom. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. What are your 80s, right? Yeah. It was the 80s. Yeah. And, um, and I spilled chocolate milk on it one day. And instead of cleaning it up or letting my mom know, I put a big like stuffed animal over it. Oh my god! And so it completely molded, and they had to recarpet the room. Oh, oh! So then that was the way of getting rid of it. Yeah, it molded. Yeah, yeah, it was gross. I mean, it was like it probably. Uh, I'm lucky to not have like contracted some disease or cancer or something. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna find out. Yeah, like your lungs are not in tip top shape. That's wild. How long did it take to mold rub? Do you like, is it like a two weeks or something? And then yeah. you're like, you smelled it and your mom smelled it. And she was just like, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember how long it took. I do remember her lifting the, uh, hold on. I live right in the middle of the city. I don't know if you can hear the <laughs> fire trucks. Drive faster. I mean, it's literally a <laughs> they just park outside. Here. <laughs> uh, I do remember vividly her picking up the teddy bear and seeing the mm. blue whitish mold oh. thing that. Had, oh, and the teddy man. bear was a goner too. I, he, you know, he got sacrificed. Oh, that poor guy. Yeah.
that's an interesting that would be an interesting arc in a toy story sequel <laughs> yeah right you now the, the teddy bear that got molded um so but you know like your comedy is has some avant-gardeness to it i don't know if you're aware or trying to do that i mean i've watched your your comedy special which oh, is thank uh, you yeah well I, I enjoyed it uh thank brett, you brett retires from comedy that's right yes <clears throat> very funny stuff a classic yeah. a modern classic yeah um and we'll, we'll talk about it more in a second but i want to get to i also watched the man the chinese version yeah 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 tune in uh <laughs> that's right i yeah as you mentioned i i had my entire hour special dubbed in the mandarin um you know for me it was crucial for entry into the chinese market unfortunately i learned after that youtube is banned in china um but uh it didn't stop me from still dubbing it i still think it exists as a i don't know which is better i don't know if you're you speak mandarin but you're not, um, but somehow i like the chinese version better <laughs> <laughs> you're I, one of my friends uh he did watch it and he was like it kind of works and you're like <laughs> based off of that i'm like it does not work but it is real mandarin it is yeah. you know i hired uh my friend helped translate it and then i hired a person off fiverr to uh yeah to do the voiceover and then i sing songs in it so i hired chinese singers to sing um baby it's cold outside and mm -hmm. uh come fly with me which yeah. are also had those translated into chinese and um it was really funny because uh one of the things that made me laugh about having it translated was uh so the guy off fiverr that did it for me i don't know if i told you this in idaho but the guy who did it for me he sent me the file the the basically one hour voiceover and yeah. he goes uh of him speaking chinese and he goes uh let me know if there are any corrections and it just <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me laugh because it was like i mean what am i gonna do be like your your chinese is shit what is this garbage i just have to go off i'm just pure trust mode yeah yeah i'm pure trust mode that you're not you know being like oh i'm a i'm a dumb uh dumb lanky whatever the you you, you come back to him seven years later after learning chinese and you're like <laughs> actually i have some notes yeah yeah yeah. you <laughs> you really uh you really screwed the pooch on this and that's why i i didn't make it it's because of you well let, let's talk about your special i mean uh it's called retires from comedy because you're going to start sure. a new career as a singer that's true i did yes i retired from i actually unretired uh one month after the hour special hey it's that's, um, that's how it goes i mean jordan kiss they always uh come back the the greats the greats yeah. come back <laughs> mj and kiss the two you know we always use uh, you know you know you say oh he's the michael jordan of uh cooking yeah. we also will sometimes say you know oh he's the he's the kiss of hang gliding or whatever for <laughs> yeah, yeah you're number one at your field you say he's the kiss of uh <laughs> and the and the connection they both stick out their tongue oh dude that is a great good poll yeah. that is a good poll thank you thank you very good that's that's sort of you know a life in comedy will get <laughs> yeah. you the ability to make that connect yeah yeah that uh I did. Um, it was, yeah, it did. I'll tell you this. It did. Uh, it was a 
fun bit to do. I didn't let anyone in on the bit, short of maybe my uh, family. But because um, all, like all my friends in comics, like legitimately, like was like, oh, do your. They would always go, you're quitting, and I would go retiring. Um, I would, I would make, I would go retiring, and then I'd make them go, okay, retiring. Like that was my pronoun. Was like I identified as retiring. So yeah, now yeah. you have to say retiring. But while I'm, you know, you know, off the record, I will admit I'm not a good singer. On the record, I think I'm one of the best. Yeah, I think I'm one of the best jazz singers. I think so. Uh, I mean, you've you've had a career around music, like yeah. you you where do i rank as a jazz singer as, as a jazz singer because um, to give background i don't know if i mentioned i retired from comedy to pursue a career in jazz yeah um singing the standards singing yeah singing the songs that michael buble sang that other yes. people sang yes covers of covers yeah um that's right dispelling the myth that uh multiple carbon copies of something like gets worn down i think i think it's the opposite here i think you keep doing the carbon copies and by the time you get to the fifth piece of paper you're like oh my god this is even more legible and darker this is amazing that's that's exactly how i felt i yeah. felt like i breathed breathed new life into these classic uh jazz standards i think you know i i have this idea i still haven't done it but um i do want to issue a cease and desist on michael buble yeah or uh the songs basically my legal argument will be that my versions are so good like yeah. just so transcendent that they now classify as the originals mm -hmm. and all other previously recorded versions i believe should classify as covers of my yeah versions of the songs you should and also sue the families of the songwriters <laughs> <laughs> the estate of frank sinatra yeah yeah <laughs> uh that's that's, a, that's hilarious yeah hey hey sinatra's grandkid you owe me uh you owe me 250 grand so <laughs> you can just do that like it will get like it will obviously get thrown out because it's obviously mm -hmm. you know a hollow bunk thing but you can technically do that and then yeah. it probably will reach their radar because they would go wait the sinatra state is getting sued yeah and then you know they would probably be able to throw it out within 10 to five minutes but for that five or ten minutes i got their attention yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so to rank you i mean you're you're definitely you're definitely up there i'm a i'm a big uh standards guy i mean i i worship frank sinatra and dean dean martin's my all-time one of my all-time favorite human beings. I mean, he's just amazing. So what, what made I, him yeah, sorry, my bad. No, go ahead. Uh what made him great? Is that yeah, what you were... I, I'd say he's just a name to me, to be honest. Yeah. Uh he was very funny. Um he he got started with Jerry Lewis. Maybe you know this part, but they were they were um a comedy team that just were thrown together. This is maybe like the 40s. I'm guessing. Yeah. Early forties. And so back then, um, like clubs were just opening, but the clubs were always like music and a comedian, but not a comedian the way we think of a comedian today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it would be a guy who just told old jokes. Right. And just to warm right. up the crowd. And then a singer would come on and there'd be a big band and everything. And <clears throat> when Jerry Lewis came along, he was kind of, uh, the original like i'm going to do my own thing like i'm not 
going to rely on 20 years of people doing the same take my wife jokes yeah but it didn't work because he was so bonkers you know what i mean like he went up there and did hey you know did that and audiences were like this mental patient came, you know like is now on stage so I, I forget who it was but it was some club owner who owned uh the 500 club which i was either in new york or new jersey or somewhere yeah and he had a singer the named dean martin who could who was a great singer but also wasn't tracking very well and i think just for the hell of it and also to maybe to save time and, and bring up other acts that were doing better he was like why don't you guys just go up together just to see what that's like huh and so dean martin playing it very straight very cool very suave next to this little monkey yeah jerry lewis and it was a hit and people loved it and they they became like the biggest stars and then they started making movies and they did tv shows together and then it was like a famous rift when they uh broke when they broke up and went their separate uh, ways was it ego yeah i think so i mean Kinda i credit I, and ego yeah so they started doing movies and then in, in movies it's easier to toler tolerate a jerry lewis right so i think movie audiences were like this guy's gold who's this Dago who's just singing songs we don't really want to hear. And so they broke up and I think everyone wrote Dean Martin off, but he ended up having a great career and he was funny himself. So he ended up and he kind of partnered with Frank Sinatra. They did shows in Vegas. They kind of started that whole thing. So, you, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. And, uh, I don't think Sinatra was that good of a singer mm -hmm. rel relative to like, you know, singers. Yeah. I think he was just the id. I think it was just like the ness of him was what people were about. But like, I, you know, I, I just like, I hear it. I'm like, even me as doing my versions of the song <laughs> of jazz songs. And the thing I think that if it is funny, if people do find it funny, it's because I'm not at a, a atrocious singer for the most part right i'm actually just like not good i'm unremarkable um and uh but i've had uh my you know my friend was wrapping up a show and he was like oh we just like a bar show there's like you know 20 people there and he was like oh we just turned some music on for uh, you know as the show ends we'll say good night turn music on i turned on my album i turned on my version of come fly with me mm -hmm. and i was just talking to these like these college kids were at it and i was just talking to them and one of them goes, who is this? Is this Frank Sinatra? <laughs> and I said, yes, yes, it is Frank yeah. Sinatra. <laughs> but, they, but if you're not like fully listening, you it wouldn't necessarily stick out. Yeah. Because the band is good. Yeah. But that's my theory on Sinatra. I'm like, I, I don't, I thought, I don't know. Maybe people who know music are like, no, what he's doing is very hard for a singer. But I, I it, to me, my to my layman's ears i'm like i think it's just kind of that somewhat talky sing voice yeah the, yeah there's there's something to what you're saying um when he was younger he was known for like being able to sort of do a lot of syllables in a line if that makes sense like so a writer could really write like a, a sentence um and I, i'm not explaining this well but um like a lot of songs back then were like how much was that doggy in the window yeah i mean just like stupid you know 
he could say a lot of syllables in a sentence. He was the original like Spitfire rapper. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. And and I think people oh, really wow. people really uh, connected to that. And also, he personally went through a lot of ups and downs. And so a lot of those songs are about like heartbreak or you know being down on your luck. And he was the real McCoy. And I think and like audiences sense that. Mm, that's the thing. It's the real. When you say the real McCoy, you were saying like he was genuine. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, uh, I think that's what people connect with most is authenticity in all art. And mm-hmm. sometimes I feel like in comedy in the modern era, there's n- perhaps there's some comics who I don't know if they're being as authentic as they can be. And it's something I've actually looked up to looked into trying to be more authentic because I'm proud of that first hour special. I, I, you know, it's first one. I think it's great. That's I'm proud of it and happy Mm -hmm. with it. But I also am like, you know, I don't think I was like, uh, not to sound existential or over the top, but I don't know if I was like, you know, my truest version of myself. I think I was trying to kill as hard as I could, which is a good thing to do. Um, an important thing in, to do in comedy and uh, cer- you know, certainly if you've never done it before, you should be able to prove like, okay, they know how to write a joke yeah. before. But, that would, but that's something I've, I've really like tried to be more deliberate in approaching material by being like, you know, my really uh, just like uh, being genuine about who I think, of, how I think of myself, how I view the world rather than just saying things that seem surface level likable for jokes yeah. i.e like oh i'm a dumb guy mm-hmm. i actually don't believe that i'm dumb i'm not saying i'm a genius but i don't believe i'm dumb i believe i'm a decently smart guy even like that like that's like a small thing i know it's not big but i'm like why would i you know does that make sense like yeah I totally think- yeah I, I mean i th- i'm a li- i'm older than you and so i yeah. think what I what I can see is like when I when I was starting out, it was very inauthentic, esoteric stuff. I did a lot of like stunt comedy. I would say I did a lot. Oh, of really? Like, yeah, a lot of like um, confrontational, like getting in it with crowds. I mean, I have sort of a what? Yeah, oh my god, that's where I learned it. Yeah, I mean, I have a uh, something I I hadn't really thought about until the pandemic, but kind of a devastating time that I had at the comedy store when, um, and this is like 2006. I mean, this is a fucking long time ago, but I was, uh, I went out and just battled the crowd on purpose Mm. because I was upset with them because uh, all the comics before me, I felt had very hackney material and and it was all very samey. I think I remember being upset that, it was like a checklist of like marijuana jokes, uh, yeah. um, you know, uh, uh, Arrested Development, not the show, but like the the, per- the person type jokes, you know, like, I'm, yeah. you know, and, yeah. I, and I remember in my head, like in the green room being like, eh, fuck this crowd, you know, because they, <laughs> eat- they were eating it up too. And I was just like, I was like, fuck these people. And uh, you, you art school, you are the art school, the art school came out. Yeah, it, it did. And uh, that's why it wasn't funny. And I came out and uh, and battled with them for like eight to ten minutes or something 
Uh, what'd you say? Like, like F you for laughing at some of this stuff or uh, what was, yeah. Do the you first remember? thing I remember doing was announcing like, I'm not here to make you laugh. And, <laughs> and I was like, this is going to be a laugh free experience. And if any of you want to talk amongst yourself, you're totally fine until the next comic comes. And then I was like in the crowd for a while. I mean, there was some crowd work. I was making fun of people, but I was it. I was just I left the mic and I was just in the crowd. Oh, that's cool. I yeah. love I love when comics do. I love when people break the boundaries of what stand up comedy can be, whether or not it goes. However, it goes, you know, in terms of like the the like. I just love when people remind me because i can sometimes be in my own head about like the act yeah i love i love people who remind me that like you can do whatever the fuck you want up there yeah like you don't have to follow this like you know this classic simple structure of setup punchline like you can be whatever the fuck you want to be up there and it, i don't know if you can hear that i can close a window by the way uh, oh i mean it's fine it'll it'll drive it away yeah yeah yeah, absolutely. Uh, the only downside to this was when I was done and I walked to the back of the room, I heard, uh, paraphrasing, but I remember it as being like, uh, you're dis you disrespected the stage. Yeah. And I looked over and it was Mitzi Shore. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I wow. was like, that's, I was like, oh, Ouch. Damn. Ah. <laughs> that's what I was that's where I was like wow like you know I you tell me you did it at the store mm -hmm. which is like uh, I've never performed I've never have ever performed in LA short of uh, was where I started for one summer I had an internship mm -hmm. and I did stand up for three months uh and just did you know random open mics but yeah. um yeah hearing you do that I do have a lot of respect for doing it in a room with stakes with yeah you know it wasn't just a bar show it wasn't just a random show at a laundromat where it can be doing something that uh you know ballsy or or true to how you felt yeah it's easier when it's not uh like an institution yeah so and and, and easier when you don't have friends who come and pay fifteen dollars and Ten dollars for parking. I mean, my, the friends that came were not happy. They were not uh, not happy with the show. So with the show as a whole, uh, no, just what I did. I think they liked the other comics. I think they were. <laughs> I think they were into the marijuana jokes and the uh, I'm going to build a fort in the kitchen jokes and stuff like that. I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> so you lost some stage time. You lost some friends. Lost some friends. Had a comedy uh, icon tell me I suck. But you know what? You were true to you. And honestly, that shit is, that shit's dope too. Yeah. And what I was going to say was like, when you're younger, I, those things like are exciting and, and being like, I'm going to fuck with the form. I'm going to mess with what we call stand-up comedy. And I think you'll probably hit this progression as you get a little older, which is like, oh, you do want to be more authentic and you do want people to know not just laugh but know you right yeah and then i think when you hit my age you're gonna want to be silly again when it's just like uh, okay 
just uh, I because I've heard all of the uh, personal stories at this point. You know. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How how when did you start? Um, I started uh, at two thousand five, two thousand four. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow, that's yeah, sixteen, seventeen years. Um, that is uh, that's an interesting. You know that progression can make sense. Although I will say one thing I really thought was cool about uh, you know the festival we did talking to you off stage is I think you had had a story happen to you yeah. like just just bullshit happened to you on your way to checking in yeah and I like a comic that's like I'm just gonna go talk about that like that's the thing that's on your mind or just happened to you so like I'm just gonna go talk about it rather than like all right let me grab my notebook jokes I've done for this long yeah yeah uh, um and I but and I hate when people don't like stretch themselves or explore or try to do stuff like that like just an example i saw uh, i was on a park show with a comic like three or four days ago you know five mm -hmm. six comics on the lineup mm -hmm. and um i hadn't seen this person set uh in you know like five or six years and i mm -hmm. kind of started around them and it's a park show at 5 30 p.m on um a monday and this this person did bits that I had seen them do and remember from five to six years ago. Yeah. And I felt a sense of like, you know, what are we, what do you, people can do pursue stand-up however they want. But in my eyes, I'm like, why? The show doesn't have stakes. If it was an audition for a thing and it's like, okay, try to deliver the mail. I understand. It doesn't matter how old the joke is. Right. But like, this is the show where we, a, a 530 Park show, like this is the show where we should try to write new things and try the new thing and stretch ourselves. And totally. I don't know. I just, uh, I, I, I don't like when comics don't write, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. And, and with, in my case with Boise, uh, everywhere I turned, Boise was giving me new material. So I was like, I can't not say this. From, from the nightmare it was to get into the hotel to uh, Jesus. Is that the uh, radiator? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I don't know what that was. Uh, oh, I mean, it's the dumpsters. Um, to the, I don't know if you heard, but the, when I snuck away to the bikini bar, and thought I was going to get killed. You did tell me this. Yeah. yeah. Yes. That was the other wild story you told me of uh, a man. The tattoo said on his face. I don't know if you've told the story on the podcast. No, not yet. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you, would you like to? I, I could hear it again and enjoy it <laughs> and, be re re and be reminded of, you know, details I forgot and like uh, funny twists and turns. Yeah. I mean, I... I uh... First of all, I don't, I, at this age, I should know what I, I should ex know what to expect. Jesus. Uh, I'll, I'll wait for a second. No sweat. You know, I will say that like, you know, you should tell a story in the pod because if you're not turning every interesting thing in your life to, into content, what are you doing? Like, right, I know, totally. <laughs> it's all material. Every, you know? every detail needs to be content it needs to 
uh, be contentified. Everything, you know, even if you, you get a glass of milk out of the fridge, Beaver, be live streaming. You should be live streaming that. <laughs> That's a good point. There's just not enough content. There's not enough content. These, not I enough. don't know where to get entertained. <laughs> if you get mail, you should film yourself opening it. Yeah, um, yeah. Even if it's just from Geico or you know, <laughs> or you know, Optimum. I mean, I could turn my Party City emails into uh, the Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Like, just <laughs> I got enough of them. Three and a half hours. Uh, yeah. So I went. I was between spots so i um decided to step into a, a bikini bar in the afternoon reasonable like, yeah six afternoon and um pretty it was a pretty dead place there weren't uh, many girls around one fun thing i definitely saw was um i won't say the name of the place because i tell this part of the story uh the dj one of the dancers and another gentleman i don't know what his steak was uh they were doing cocaine in the dj booth and i know that because the bartender as she walked by back to the bar goes save some for me and so i was like oh i know i know what's going on here and they're all sort of they're all sort of hunched over and i could just see from here up you know like what's going on yeah yeah <clears throat> um that's funny yeah, so I, uh, first of all, I, I sit down at the bar and I don't drink, but they have uh, non-alcoholic beers there. And so I order one and I'm just kind of sitting do you, there. Yeah. Do, you, do you get a non-alcoholic beer to, for the ritual of having a drink and just yeah. like having a drink at a, like there's an activity occurring. Whereas if you just sat there, you know, just like that. Yeah, right. I mean, it just, yeah, with nothing, just <laughs> sitting at a just, bar bar. Um, yeah. I think I'd probably be removed within five minutes. I had a bar. <laughs> I had a bar get mad at me. Uh, I went in. So I just got Wi-Fi within the last two weeks uh, mm -hmm. in the, the residence I live in. I lived here for four months, got Wi-Fi two, two weeks ago or so. Yeah, nice. But I, uh, thank you. It was a big moment. I, yeah. um, a friend of a friend was staying at the house, and I had just gotten Wi-Fi installed at 5. He got there at 5.30, and he was like, um, do you have Wi-Fi? And I was like, fuck, yes, I have Wi-Fi. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was fucking stoked to give this guy the password. But but I see that to say it relates to your story. I wasn't just telling. So the bar I would go to, or I went to a new place because like coffee shop was closed. I had to send in this video I edited to this thing, whatever. And I went into the bar and I was like, hi, because uh, I don't really drink either. I don't mm -hmm. really like drinking and spending money on alcohol unless maybe it's like the one time a year I'm getting drunk. Yeah. So, uh, I was like, Hey, uh, to the bartender I said, Hey, I'm not really going to drink. Can I just give you like, but I want to use your Wi-Fi. Can I just like give you $5 thinking a bartender would go, Oh, cool. Like, yeah, yeah that sounds like a fair deal. You just sit in the corner and they were like, they were annoyed at me. Yeah, that's dumb. They're, they're like, you're not going to. So you, we like people who sit and like drink here. But I guess if you want to do that, I was just, I was flummoxed. Yeah, I, that... I, this is in your best interest too. $5 tip. Yeah. Um, also, and maybe he didn't know this. I don't know how this would escape him. But there was a pandemic where everything almost closed forever. So if someone walks in and is just like, hey, do you want $5? Take the $5. Yeah. 
Yeah, even if they were the owner, I get an owner wants to move product, but even if you're the owner, hypothetically, you don't lose product and you just get $5. Yeah. yeah. I, it, it, yeah, I didn't get it, but in any case, so that was a slight tangent on your uh, overarching story. Yeah. Yeah. The, but the, the, the non alcoholic beers are just a prop, they're just something I can just kind of sit and fidget with. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sitting there and um, there's a there's a guy sitting next to me and he goes, uh, you're wearing your wedding ring. And I, I look over and I'm like, so weird. I know. So, <laughs> the, 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 so weird. Not even a not even not even a complete sentence, by the way. You're wearing your wedding ring. It's not a question. It's not a it's like, I guess, a statement. But it, so I, I don't I, like who that we haven't talked ever. Yeah fucking such a weird way to start a conversation yeah so i I look over at him and i just go yeah it's sort of the deal (laughs) you know you put it on you're not supposed to really take it off right yeah (laughs) and then he follows that up with uh because well i'm married so i don't i don't wear it here and i i at this point i'm not interested in this conversation so i'm like "Uh uh-huh and he doesn't care that i'm not interested so he's like you know in case anything happens and uh i was like i was like you and i are expecting two different outcomes here right right you know what i mean like i'm just looking and like if like this is a killing time killing time this is like a this is like a thrift store like i'm looking at the vintage couch and i might sit on it but i can't help but think of all the farts and jizz that have been trapped in these cushions <laughs> and this guy's walking up like this is coming home with me so um then i there's a a girl named uh uh echo i'm sure i'm allowed to say that and uh echo echo that's a good that, that's a good i like that name yeah uh, very sweet she had tattooed across her stomach uh 666 with three upside down crosses so as an ex Catholic altar boy, I was in love. <laughs> so I, I end up I I buy a dance. Uh I, I didn't at this point didn't know it was just a bikini bar. So when she was like, Yeah, we don't get nude, I was like, I had already given her the money. So at this point I'm yeah. just helping with groceries. I was like, all right. <laughs> so uh we get the dance, it's whatever. And I'm like, I, I should probably get out of here. I wanna get back to uh, the, the lounge at the end of the universe where we're doing shows. I've had enough of this place. <clears throat> so I order an Uber. The Uber is 11 minutes away. This ends up being the longest 11 minutes of my life. And oh my God. Uh, yeah. So it's, all, it's always when you're like trying to get at the fuck out of a place. Like yeah. it's like mildly urgent or you're just fucking scared or something. That's when the Uber is like 56 minutes and you're like, how i'm in you're like i'm in downtown la like yeah how is the closest uber in san bernardino or whatever <laughs> it was like 11 minutes in boise it's like he's yeah. coming. he's coming from oregon yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um as i'm looking at the uber i can feel someone standing right behind me right I'm on my ass. saying this yeah yeah and i turn around and it's a gentleman with a backwards hat a sweatshirt and tattooed across his face the words kill now 
That's right. I couldn't remember the the phrase. Yeah, I knew yeah. it was like terrifying. Terrifying. Kill. That was like the first thing you saw when you just like look back to just Very. sense see the presence that you sensed. Yeah, and I don't know if it's psychosomatic. Maybe in real life it was written very small, but to me it was like fourteen font. You know, like just across his head. Yes, bold and, face. Yeah. yeah, and not kill later. <laughs> not kill maybe kill now yeah and i turn and and he's he's sizing me up and uh and he he's looking at me and he goes you remember me and i was like no <laughs> and in my head i'm like uh from my nightmares um i'm like no i don't because and he cuts me off and he goes uh he goes i'm a friend i'm friends with donna and i was like okay okay um oh, now he thinks he has a connection yeah. to you that's worse and i was like no we uh he goes yeah we've we've met i'm friends with donna so he's very insistent about this at this point i know that i've never met this guy i don't know who donna is yeah but what i'm concerned with is what did the guy who looks like me do to Donna? Because yes. he, he's not saying we're friends with Donna. <laughs> he's friends with Donna. Right. He's not like, yes, it's not like, oh, you know, Donna. Like, yeah. oh, yeah, we both know. Like the tone of voice of like, <clears throat> I'm friends with Donna. You're. Yeah. 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 Oh, so God. at this point, I panic and I just don't even let him speak anymore. I'm like, hey, man, I'm a comic. I'm from Los Angeles. I've never been i've never stepped foot in boise before i'm doing shows down the street i should have not have said that in case we did we had a, <laughs> we, we had enough audience uh um, my hotel room yeah. is uh 14 yeah, yeah you know the you know the ramada you've been there right yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think i saw your needles there yeah um, you put the bullet hole in room uh 207 or wherever <laughs> i was uh bullet hole inside the hotel room by the way is that real I, i'm pretty sure it looked it was a bad patch job but um, I've seen, I've been around guns. I've seen bullets. I'm 90% certain it was a bullet hole. Wow. Um, so I finally go like, hey, man, I don't know you. I don't know Donna. We don't know each other. And he, go, he gets very apologetic. And he just starts going back and away. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. I, I'm, I apologize. I thought you were someone else. You look, you look like someone else. And I just watch him walk to the other end of the bar where his beer was. He sits down. This won't be good for the audio, audio part, but he, he makes this face. <laughs> A shrug. A shrug. <laughs> I hurt Kill Now's feelings. Oh, like I, man. Like, I don't know what, I think he wanted to make a friend. That's um, right. Yeah. It and, just remind, yeah. <laughs> And then the, the fun, to me, the fun part was doing that on stage. I was like, you know, now I'm the asshole of the situation. And I'm not happy about that. And I'm like, I'm not taking blame for this. And then I, I like asked the audience, I was like, who, who's, you know, who's to blame here? And someone was like, Donna. And I was like, Donna's <laughs> dead. Are you not paying attention to this story? Like she is, no, she's no longer. And to me, it was the, the guy who gave the tattoo. Cause it's like, 
if someone comes in and says, put kill now across my forehead, it's, it's your responsibility to be like, hey, you only get one chance to make a good first impression. <laughs> That's like every first impression is colored with, it's it's next to the eyes. Like yeah. you can't not see cannot kill see now. It. You're like, holy shit, this is an intense, this is, you know, how is this guy just walking into a party city and he's like, hi there, uh, do you have... Uh, you know, do you have streamers? And yeah. Oh, uh, yes, 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 we do. Yeah. And, and then, then Kill Now is doesn't realize. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to do the, uh, and, and then for the next 10 years, uh, killnow69 at gmail.com gets a Party City email. <laughs> and he, had, he hasn't killed anyone. He hasn't killed anyone at <laughs> Party City. I, you know, he had, do you think he had, that's a guy who's killed someone, probably. Probably. That's a that's a hardcore mother effer. Yeah, People I who... little little bit about me. I have I don't know what it is, but I have some magnet that these people find me. This is not the first like I might not survive the situation, you know, scenario. Do you think you have just an approachable demeanor, like a just a very like. Oh, this guy just seems like someone I can throw my insanity at. I think so. I must have. Yeah, I, I think I, I don't have a warm uh, exterior. I don't smile sure. a lot. So I sure. So I think like I could look like any combination of dad who beat you, uh, someone who took money from you. <laughs> I have all these. These are what I tell the barber too, by the way. I was like, give me the um, ran out on a debt. Cut. <laughs> but I, I i did mushrooms once a friend of mine and um at some point he was like hey let's walk to the 7-eleven to get drinks and, and we walked to the 7-eleven and it was just him and i and the guy behind the counter yeah and we we split off i'm looking at ice creams or whatever and uh a asian man in all black walks in and uh beeline look spots me and then beelines it right towards me okay. and much like kill now um is already accusatory so he's like uh he's like you broke into my fucking car oh my god yeah and i was like in my head i was like well we are oh on mushrooms god. i might have but I don't think so. <laughs> That's funny when you're like, you have to be like, did I? Fuck, did I do that while I was tripping? God damn it. God damn it. Acid Mike or Shroom Mike. Shrooms, yeah. And I and so I was like, hey, I yeah, again, like in Boise, I was like, dude, I didn't I didn't break into your car. But at this yeah. moment, I looked down and he had a nine inch kitchen blade, kitchen knife. Oh, whoa. Yeah, aimed aimed right at me and i'm i'm oh yeah i mean i'm only two feet away from this guy and so now i'm panicking and i throw my hands up and i'm like dude i i didn't break in your car not realizing that this is the worst position if someone's got a knife i mean i just the carving i just showed him where to carve i was like you know yeah right yeah. here's, here's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. these are the organs uh, and he's just like, yeah, you've broken my, you keep, uh, he said, you keep breaking into my fucking car. He's like, you're the guy who keeps breaking into my car. And I'm just like, and I'm sending mental 
SOSs to my friend who's also on mushrooms. I'm like, grab a wine bottle and knock this guy out. <laughs> Clerk doesn't care at all. Like at some point he so just funny. goes, he goes, hey, settle down back there. Was like, <laughs> that's the extent where he's like i i you know in his head he's like he's not trying that hard to stop because in his head he's like his head he's like worst case scenario i have to clean up blood and call the cops. yeah 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 no horseplay and uh yeah no horse no could be rowdy and, and much like kill now the guy he wasn't apologetic but he starts backing up he still got the knife aimed at me and he gets to the door, close to the door, and he's like, I'm going to wait for you out in the parking lot. I'm going to fucking kill you. And then, ding dong, he just disappears into the darkness. Uh, clerk never saw this whole thing, never locks the door. So more people are coming in. And we're just every time we hear ding, ding, like I'm just constantly terrified. My friend comes over, having seen it, and was like, what, what, what do we do? And I was like, well, we can't leave because uh, he just said he's going to wait in the parking lot to kill me. So I was right. like, you're I, like, I yeah. live here now. Yeah, we live here now. <laughs> uh, so you take, you pick what aisle you want to live. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, should we call the cops? And I was like, yes. And so we call the police high on, on true. Oh my God, yeah. dude, this is crazy. Yeah. Uh, one squad car comes. Guy, the police officer comes out, comes inside, takes a statement from me. He goes, uh, can you describe the guy who did this? And I was like, yeah. I was like, uh, Asian guy, uh, sweatshirt, jeans, only had a, he had a blue hat on. And I could, I could feel my friend kind of go like, hmm. then another squad car, he, that guy walks away, writing notes. Another squad car comes, two police officers now, man and woman. They come in. They want to ask me the same questions. So they're nice. like, yeah, they're nice like redundancies. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, can you describe the guy? And I go, absolutely. I'm more confident now. Asian guy, sweatshirt, jeans, and he had a blue hat on and they write it down and then they walk away. And then my friend comes over and leans in and goes, stop saying he had a blue hat on. You have a blue hat on. And I, because I didn't say what color sweatshirt, I realized I just described him wearing my clothes. I had a sweatshirt, jeans, and blue hat on. And then I was like, maybe, was there even a guy? Like, we wanted to go back the next day and check their surveillance tapes and just right. see that there was no guy, that it was just me talking. But, and finally, the, sure. cops, the cops are about to leave and we still don't want to walk home. So I was like, hey, can you give us a ride? And they were like, sure. So we get in the back of the a squad car and as soon as we sit in, I was like, hey, can you also turn on the reds and blues? Can you turn on the lights? And they're like, sure. And we got escorted home with uh, all the lights on. That's funny. That's a, that's a good, that's a nice ending to, was your trip at that point, was it on the tail end or were you like halfway through? And No, when we, when we got there, I would say we were in the middle of it, but I remember by the time we got home because of all the fear and adrenaline, it probably just courses and yeah. like, it just dissipates when you're that freaked out. Yeah, I did. It did resurface though. Um, when we got back to the house and locked all the doors and drew all the curtains and all that stuff. And I went into my room, I called an ex-girlfriend 
and told her that I loved her. And I was like, look, I almost got killed. So I just feel like I want to tell you this. And she, she was very obviously worried. She was like, oh my God. I was like, and I love you. And then a second wave came on and I started laughing uncontrollably. Oh my God. And she thought I was fucking with her. And I was like, I'm not, I, I do love you. I almost got killed and I couldn't stop laughing. And she hung up. She was like, what are you, the Joker? Why are you <laughs> walking? <laughs> that's a, uh, damn, that's a, uh... That's a very interesting sequence of events. You felt the need to call an ex yeah. to let him know. Wow. That, uh, you know, if my ex called me and was like, hey, I love you. I almost got killed. I'd be like, well, I'm bummed I didn't kill you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke. Yeah. I don't want her dead. <laughs> yeah, go back. See if he's still there. Yeah, yeah. Go, why, yeah. Go, go see that Asian man in a blue hat and a sweatshirt. <laughs> Um, I, I had a recent experience, somewhat similar, no drugs involved, but I was in Florida. I took a job in Florida, basically doing basic, uh, production work for this, uh, guy who runs an Amazon pool inflatables company. He sells pool inflatables on Amazon and he just needed someone to like do a mix of work crew for his shoot slash edit the videos and color correct the photos. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but he, I was staying at his house and he's, uh, since become a friend, but he is a man who had spent 22 years in prison. And um, so that's definitely a only thing, a job only a dude could take, yeah. which is like, hey, man. and he was a friend. He's like, hey, I got out of prison. It's been there for 22 years. Um, you come take this job. You stay at my house for five days. I'll feed you. Uh, and I'll pay you this much. And, you know, only a guy was be like, Okay, I'll take it. I need the money. <laughs> right. um, no, and a lot when I told like my friends, they're like, "That's that's the start of a Netflix documentary. You're gonna die." Yeah, yeah. But he is a genuine friend, great guy. But this is was in uh, West Palm Beach. It's nine thirty p.m. Rel not that late. It's like nine nine thirty, and mm -hmm. I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go for just like a fifteen minute walk, pump pump the blood one more time before I go to bed." I was walking one block away from his house and there's no lights in the neighborhood really uh, it's sparsely lit so and a car is pulling out of their driveway and because another car is like parked on the street it's kind of hard for them to pull out like they got to do a couple so i'm let, waiting for them to pass like i'm just standing in another neighbor's driveway just two feet in till so they can have the street there's no sidewalk and I think that car then thinks I'm suspicious because mm -hmm. after they pull out, they stop and the guy rolls down the window and he said a version of like, what are you doing here? And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just going on a walk. And he goes, he said, you broke into my house. Didn't you? Wow. And this is a swear to God. And I, I was like, Whoa, no, no. And then, as I'm like trying to deny this accusation, a giant fucking Rottweiler peeks his head out of the back passenger seat window and goes <laughs> and fucking barks at me. And I'm like, holy shit. And I had just smoked a little weed. Yeah. Um, and like not just a little. And I was like, what the, this is, and I'm, I'm chill when I smoke. I don't like freak out. I, uh, it's, it reacts well to my system, but big Rottweiler starts barking at me. And he said, 
you broke into my house, didn't you? And I was like, sir, I did not. Uh, I'm trying to explain. I'm here for a job. I'm staying one block over on like Sunset Avenue, literally one block over. And he said, um, he said, I, I, I get out of here before I get my gun. Jesus. And I was like, okay, all right, I am going, I'm going. And so we had that interaction and I start like, I'm like, I go, which way do you want me to go? Cause you're driving that way. I'll, I'll, and he goes, just anyway, just go. And I go, okay. I said, I'm going to go that way. And he goes, no, don't go that way. Go that way. And I go, okay, I'll go that way. So I start walking that way. I turn right. And then I turn right to get back onto the street. I live on, or I'm staying on the house is on the edge of the block. And I'm like, I want to run yeah, because that's my, how emotionally how I feel, but I know running is going to make the guy freak out more. And I'm like 50 to hundred feet from the house. And I'm like, just give me to the safe house. Like, I'm like, just give me the safe house. And then I see his car pulled down the block, the other block mm-hmm. coming towards me. And I'm like, fuck, 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 fuck. Fortunately, I had made it to the house, opened the door, shut it, and just like leaned against the door, like, oh, thank God. I was fucking terrified, man. So I know I've had an interaction similar to that. No drugs, so maybe less panicking. Also, no man holding a knife a foot from my body, but yeah, I'm equally terrifying. You have two weapons on you. You have a first of all, he should be the a dog. Little, yeah, he should be disappointed in the dog. Why else do you have that dog? yeah it didn't what you're saying because it didn't fuck me up (laughs) no 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 it was it was the dog in the house i don't know but i swear to god it was like maybe it was dark and i'm exaggerating it it was a fucking rottweiler i i i'm I'm not just making the story better it was fucking huge i'm sure i'm sure if someone had footage it was like it was like a a a chihuahua (laughs) But in my head, I'm like, it was, it was set. It was a three headed dog. Um, <laughs> the dog had a gun. <laughs> the uh, dog, the dog had a gun. I'm, I'm trying um, to think of like, maybe he thinks he has like a guard dog and his friends are like, yeah, but where it's not in the living room. He's like, no, it guards the car. <laughs> the car's more expensive. <laughs> so terrifying. yeah, terrifying. Those are terrifying stories of almost, but this podcast almost wasn't. Yeah, almost wasn't. Is, is there, it's also terrifying to think there's a one-to-one ratio of guys like you and me who are not doing anything wrong, but look like people who do. And then there's other people armed with knives and guns who are just willing to accuse Make anything. accusations. Yeah. <laughs> Make like pretty accusations that, you know what, you would, if you were pissed off, you would maybe want to fuck this dude up. <laughs> I don't know how this segues to Brettcoin. But oh, here we go. Let's, Hell yeah. I mean, this is why I'm having you on the show. I mean, I, I'll be up front. I want to be rich. So um, I, do, I, Doge you, is not working. Doge is not working. Let me turn this light on. Just yeah, please. Better light. Um, all right, there we go. Um, so yes, Brightcoin, thank you for bringing it up. Yeah. Um, Brightcoin is a cryptocurrency I launched yesterday in my name. Uh, I'm the world's first publicly traded comedian. I'm the first person ever to turn themselves into a cryptocurrency Mm -hmm. um, in showbiz or otherwise. That alone, even if I suck at comedy, is worth something. Sure. Um, (laughs) And um, 
people go, well, what is the function? And they, and if people are like, is it real? It is real. A developer of mine, who's a 17 year old high school senior who started as a fan and we've become friends from working on this project. Uh, he like reached out. I mentioned the idea and he was like, I go, can you like, I don't know how to code a crypto. And I was like, can you, do you know how? And he was like, yes, I absolutely know how. And then I only learned from him recently. He was like, I had no fucking idea, but I just wanted to be involved. <laughs> yeah, no, I like this kid. Say Isn't that yes. cool? Yeah, say yes. Fake it till you make it. Uh, say he And he made it. It's a real crypto. Yeah. It's trading on Uniswap. We did an IBO, which is an initial Brett offering of 100,000 tokens valued at 12 cents per token. That's our starting price. That is a current available supply of $12,000. This is a an amount this is like the inner sanctum of people who believe in it now mm -hmm. if people think it's a joke it isn't really obviously it's kind of weird and off the beaten path and hopefully kind of funny but make no mistake it is something i genuinely in intend to exist for the entirety of my decades-long comedy career yeah i uh despite the name of my special which is brett Ray retires from comedy i will not be quitting comedy yeah so if you invest it's a long hold. You can know your capital is safe. At the same time, there is short-term viral potential. Uh, you know, I have uh, some big investors on board that are secret partners that will be revealed at later dates. And there's a lot planned behind the scenes for this coin. I genuinely, if anyone is listening, I think it is a genuinely great investment. Invest at your own peril. It's speculative, of course. I am not a financial advisor. Yeah. I am, however, a financial savior. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! That's no, good. but I, I think it's a great investment. I really do. I think uh, I think people wouldn't be wise to throw their coinage in this. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm definitely interested. So, um, let's say I buy. So, really, walk me through it because I'm also kind of dumb on crypto. Uh, sure. Having, yeah, yeah. Having put in, so yeah, walk me through it. What am I? So I. So if anyone is interested in investing who's listening, I have a uh, YouTube video of the launch video. And then I also have a how to buy Brett coin. Basically, you need a crypto wallet. And then once you have a crypto wallet and you've deposited funds into said crypto wallet, and when I say funds, they have to be um, a crypto called Ethereum. Yeah. Are you familiar? Have you heard of that crypto? Yeah. It's yes. For those who don't know, it's the, probably the second biggest crypto. I think it is the crypto with the most use cases. I think it's better than Bitcoin because, uh, well, there's a lot that can be used for. Um, so once you have your Ethereum and however much Ethereum you want to buy in Bretcoin, you would get, let's say, if you wanted to get $100 in Bretcoin, you would get buy $100 in Ethereum. Then you go to uniswap.org. And then on Uniswap, you will search Brett. Bretcoin will come up. And you will swap Ethereum for Bretcoin, the $100 in Ethereum for the Bretcoin, and then bada boom, bada bing. You now own a piece of what I think is the next great big crypto project. There's some crazy shit that actually could happen with it. I'll even just say it on the pod. I tweeted a thank you uh, when I announced it. I tweeted a thank you to the five co-founders of Ethereum for building technology that allows me to pursue this ramshackle dream mm -hmm. and one of them got back to me he tweeted uh, dm me let's find a time if you if you would be open to finding a time to talk let's talk mm -hmm. and uh which made me laugh that he was like if you would want to talk like 
yeah. what am I going to big time a guy worth $300 million? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. My friend was like, what'd you say? And I, what am I like, what am I going to be like? Yeah. I told him to fuck off. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'll let you know if I'm free. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, I'm available 24 hours a day, whatever <laughs> works for you, even if it's 20 seconds. So, um, so that's a short summation, how to, how to purchase Brett and, just one tidbit of some of the some of the stuff that's planned in the works. Now, how will I make money? Like, how does it go up? So, uh, we launched yesterday. The price started at twelve cents. It's now at fourteen and a half cents. The way it goes up is more people buy. Okay. Um, while I'm actively looking into more usage cases for technological use cases for the token, the current primary one is a storage of value. Basically, people are making a bet will they're making a bet will this guy get more famous right and i literally just did by being on your podcast that's sure yeah i mean that's all that's that many more listeners yeah. now if, know who i am if this doesn't reach a dollar by the end of the day or whatever whatever the price is and then I, i'm suing you yeah that's, please please <laughs> um <laughs> but um that so the price rises the more people that buy and uh as we're looking to it's only on Uniswap, but we are looking to get actively looking to get on other bigger exchanges as we get the coin more adopted, get it more legitimized. And, uh, you know, first person ever to do it. I think, uh, I think I'm the right person to do it because I'm an undervalued comedian. I truly believe I, uh, you know, the special that you mentioned, I put mm -hmm. it up for free on my YouTube. I had a couple offers to go with distributors. I turned them down because I wanted to own my work. And that might've been a short-term hit to the wallet, but I think in the long run of the arc of my career, I know I'm going to make it in a pretty major, meaningful way. And if people believe that I'm not full of shit, it would be wise to buy in. And if you think I suck at comedy, then short, then go short on it. Um, short the crypto. So yeah. why don't you put your money where your mouth is and <laughs> bet, bet against me, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, this is great, man. I, I This is actually a very sound advice that's how i it's it's both a bit but it's also i'm deadly serious yeah totally because one thing about comics is like like you just said it's it's all on you and one thing i would say you know ha having only known you for a month but why Best i would, month of your life it was pretty good it was pretty good i mean <laughs> till now aside not a great now. not a great 11 minutes but everything else has been a solid month um, what I would say is like, I can, you work hard. You're putting That's a lot true. of stuff up on YouTube. You've already done a, a special. You did a different version of the special in Chinese. I mean, That's like true. you're, you're putting in the work. I would look at that like, well, I mean, what, what is fame anymore? But I mean, like this person's certainly going to go for it. And I think, I that appreciate, that, yeah, I appreciate that. I, uh, whether I have talent or not, I work my dick off. Yeah. So, um, so that, that is, that is something I do work hard and there are a lot of projects, uh, that are, you know, being worked on. I have, um, the most, the main, one of the impetuses for creating the coin truthfully is, uh, while I don't know a hundred percent what the capital is used for, I believe every dollar raised from it, from the crypto, uh, a friend and I wrote a, a script we're very proud of. And we are intending to make that movie a reality. 
Yeah. Um, we had sent the script to a lot of producers, managers, and agents after winning a, a pretty prestigious uh, screenplay competition known as uh, Script Pipeline. Um, and at most of the, by and large, the response was, it's funny. We don't want to be the ones to make it. Sure, and yeah. um, that's not a representative of any of what I think is truly the you know, bulletproof, great comedy script we wrote and more representative of people are afraid of making comedy that on the surface is artistically risky. But if you actually look at the ideas in it, it's not risky at all. It's right. effectively a, a modern version of Blazing Saddles. Um, so it's called Race the Movie. And then in parentheses, it's about race. Um, it makes fun of white savior and prestige race movies, yeah. much like Scary Movie did for horror we're doing for the Oscar bait race movie genre. It's great. And I actually, not to go, I, cause I wanted to bring it up and I, I want to read it and I. I'll send you it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, if with, with your permission, I, cause screenwriting is my other thing. I knew that I, I, I saw uh, on your podcast, you, I think it was one, like two or three episodes ago. Yeah. You and a friend adapted a piece you had written in 2001 or something what was he it? did yeah he uh the chris norris who's a journalist and screenwriter he um in 2000 was working for spin and he wrote this uh feature story about a 27 year old iranian immigrant con artist who uh okay. forged documents and enrolled himself into a uh, Catholic high school under the name Jonathan Taylor Spielberg. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I'm just closing this window <laughs> yeah, so yeah. there's no thunder. Okay, so an Iranian immigrant yeah, rolled himself as Jonathan Taylor Spielberg. Yeah, he just choose like, he chose like, a very occupied name. Yeah, he he, and he said he was fourteen. He said he was a freshman, uh, named Jonathan Taylor. He was twenty-seven. He was twenty-seven. He was he, obs he, obsessed yeah. with pop culture. He was obsessed with, um, and he had a very like, his tastes were very uh, middle-aged woman. Like he <laughs> Jonathan loved Taylor, right? Yeah, yeah. And he loved, but he loved Cher. He loved Celine Dion. He loved Madonna. It's a truly like onion a, story of like so many so layers cool. to this guy. And uh, I had a subscription to spin back then. because it was the only magazine I ever subscribed to, which is, which makes it weird that I now work for them. Yeah. And um, 20 years ago, I read it or not 21. And uh, I remember thinking like, this is a movie. And I had thought about it for all these years. And, and a couple of years ago, I finally like, I'd made enough stuff. I'd made like a digital series that did all right with like me and Juno Temple and some other people. And I was like, okay, I got it like a, enough legit stuff that I can find this guy and try and get the rights to this article. And so I tracked him down and just cold emailed him. And um, I was like, do you remember writing this article? And he wrote back like, yeah, totally. And so we spent the pandemic. Uh, he lives in New York and we just spent the whole year just adapting it and now we're we're trying to get it made wow that's got, dude yeah we'll see uh, it's tricky material so i don't i don't know and I, we have a producer attached and it's you know being circulated but um it's tough it's tough to make comedies right now it's tough to make anything but it's yeah comedies are hard
but yeah, I, I, yeah, please. Sorry, go ahead. My bad. My bad. No, you're good. Go ahead. Um, no, I, I, it sounds, uh, the thing that's tough is if it, it's, it's people say it's like, it is tough to make comedies, but that's only because a lot of the people who have their hand on billfolds are idea followers. I don't yeah. know how to say it more. I don't need to be diplomatic. I, I really believe that they, you know, maybe your story, I, I can't speak to your story as adequately, but like, would people be afraid of the fact that it's like a, a an immigrant and they're like, it's a wildly interesting story. Yeah. And by the way, you respect it. I like someone who tried to enroll himself at a school. It's cool. Like, yeah, yeah, he lied, but like, it's for a great reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like I imagine it's like uplifting of him and not like, look at this fucking idiot. Like how is he an idiot? It's very cool. Yeah, he was not an idiot. It does get dark. I mean, he had like a um, a girlfriend, so to speak, that was also a freshman, which is like a big. We've oh, okay, got, we've we've gotten that back, but they don't. They spoiler alert: they never had sex. Yeah, because if you read the script or the article about Jonathan, he was very asexual. Um, he was probably gay or. Like there's a lot of like uh, sexual identity things in the script, but it was from 20 years ago. It was before like it was the thing to talk about, so so people didn't really know. But I, yeah, so that's that's like part of the trickiness. It's but it's also a, but even, yeah, that's a bummer because that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, and um, but I no, I mean I, that's why I'm interested in yours because I also have. Uh, is this too loud now? I feel like there's 20 dumpsters for 20 different apartments <laughs> and they're all on their own schedule. <laughs> like one dump truck passes another and like, Hey, how you doing? And, uh, it and was one, they're, they're like, what shift are you on? They're like, Oh, we're just on the make noise shift. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, I did that starting out. That was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, shift. Yeah. You, annoy the, you annoy people until they want to kill themselves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah I just bang the garbage cans. I don't, we, they're, they're empty. They're empty cans. Yeah. We knocked them out for you. Go ahead and just throw them around. Yeah. Um, no, but I want to, I want to read race. And if I can help in any way, I would love to help. Uh, certainly. I mean, anyone reading it is a very kind thing. Uh, I'll send it to you. And people always want to know. It's the first thing I almost have to say whenever I bring it up is my co-writer is uh, not white. So everyone can chill. Uh, it's, it's, it's not, not another honky motherfucker writing the race uh, odyssey. <laughs> oh, nice. I like the, I'm trying to get that word back honky. I love word. it. It's I love the word. word honky. I really love the word honky. It's just funny sounding. It yeah. really is funny sounding. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly offensive, but it's not at all. No, I, no. That's why it's that's why it's so fun. It's it truly sounds endearing. Like if somebody of color yeah. was like, "Hey, you honky," I'd be like, "Oh, we're friends. We're friends." I feel like, yeah. Like I think, like you know, it's it's not a slur. It's never been a slur. I don't know. <laughs> Bring it back. That's if there's one takeaway people have from this podcast is buy Brett coin and yeah. call your white friends honky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, and to go back to Brett coin, I, I, the, 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 the part I want to bring up is like why it's a good investment. Comedians work for themselves. They're trying to like get known. So that's a good investment. It's not like actors, actors are lazy and they'll yeah. take anything. An actor will take anything. You know what I mean? So 
while while somebody might be hot now, like they're, you know, one bad movie away from never seeing them again. And like, imagine if you could have invested in a 29-year-old Louis C.K. As long as you got out before 2017, if you were able, if you, <laughs> if you could kind of see the, the waters churning and you're like, I need to sell, I need to sell Let's right see. now. I, you know, I, I'm going to go on the record and I'm going to say I have a fiduciary responsibility not to commit sexual assault. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, before I, you know, but now that I have a fiduciary responsibility, I'll be a, a moral upstanding person. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's how I try and tell people is, uh, uh, if you believe in a comic, like a young undiscovered comic, like it's a smart investment and, you know, no hard feelings. If someone thinks I suck at comedy, those, a lot of people like that exist and that's okay. Yeah. Um, well, cool, buddy. Let's, let's wrap it up. What are you doing this summer? What are you, uh, what are you so, looking forward to? Let's see. What am I looking forward to? Brettcoin.org. If anyone wants to right. buy in, you go to Brettcoin.org. If you know crypto, go to Uniswap. Literally, if you message me on Instagram, I can even help you uh you know if you really whatever it's i'm happy but uh that's the main thing to promote i as far as summer plans i don't know um starting to see a woman she's very nice so that i'm okay. plugging the fact that i'm starting to see a nice woman. oh nice okay cool <laughs> you know very very good i've done enough self-promotion throughout this so i think uh I'll just and that, that will have its own website later right if it keeps yeah going. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> brettlove.org brettlove <laughs> and brettcoin are uh <laughs> uh all right man how about you what do you got what do you got in your horizon both plugging and just life-wise life-wise a lot of travel a lot of dumpsters being emptied Mm. um yeah heading to ohio where i'm from next week to see the parents for the first time since the pandemic yeah then we go to new orleans and then uh that's it and then trying to get one of these scripts made and yeah that's that's uh I love people who I love. Uh, I'd love to read your script too, if you would send it to me, because uh, I'm a relatively greener to screenwriting. Yeah. Um, so I'm just trying to learn as much as I can. So, oh, uh, I'll, I'll but, definitely send it to you. Because I, but I, I, I love comics who write because, uh, like, this is what we should be doing. I hate when a comedian gets a show or a thing, and they don't actually have an idea. Their idea for the show is like, well, it's me. And you're like, no, no, like, like we're also, if you're, if you are frustrated about the comedy or, and you don't even just have to write comedy. Like I also, you know, eventually want to not just right now, I just want to write comedy, but eventually, you know, pushing myself in other ways. In any case, I, I, uh, I love comics who like screenwrite because uh, it's like taking the storytelling destiny into your own hands and actually, wanting to make something and not just i want to have something do you know what i mean yeah totally um yeah uh i'll definitely send it to you and i'll send uh i'm finishing a new one which is uh, your premise of your script sort of reminded me of of race i was like oh because i'm i'm mine has nothing really to do with race but it has everything to do with cancel culture yeah, it's called Gender, the film. Gender, the film, yeah. <laughs> Written by a man. 
Uh, oh, that, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. But I, yeah, so I I like that you're you were like, oh, we're aiming to be blazing saddles and naked gun. I just the idea of like what happened to the mildly offensive, like I can't believe they made this joke comedy is such yeah. a bummer. It it. It, uh, you know, a lot of, it's not cancer culture, it's ruining comedy. It's the fact that comedians are afraid to express themselves most fully. That's, that's the fear. Like fear doesn't make for good art, comedy or otherwise. It does. And a lot of people feel that fear and there's no reason to, like, there's no reason to what people being afraid of being called a jokes don't have moral value first off, but people being afraid of being called a racist or a sexist or a, I've like started to realize like if you know you're not and then the accusation shouldn't hurt you like if I call it like if I called you a pedophile yeah you would be like no absolutely not and then a little kid pokes his head up with a help sign (laughs) that's what that banging is you you (laughs) fucking liar I wouldn't have done this podcast if I knew actually that's not true I'm so I'm so self-involved. I would do a podcast even with a fucking pedophile that knowing me. <laughs> hey, Bill Gates was just looking for advice with Jeff Epstein. He's like, I know, I know you did a few things, but uh, my, wife's a, he... <laughs> my wife's a real pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, that's the funniest part of that whole story. I don't know if you're aware yeah. of that story of Bill Gates asking Jeffrey Epstein for marital advice. Jeffrey Epstein. I didn't never, know. Yeah, that's why they. That's the story of why they first got together and were chatting. To my the, knowledge, if I'm wrong, Jeffrey Epstein's never been married. Uh, yeah, I, I, what, what I know of his love life isn't good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you hope it would just be a marriage that was uh, on the rocks, but yeah. I think it was. That is a weird person to get relationship advice yeah. from. At, at the loosest of this term, his was always no strings attached relationships. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's very, uh, with everyone he was with, he's like, let's keep it chill. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't know that that, I knew Bill Gates had this, some connections to Epstein of some sort, it's, you know. That's what happens when you get to the billionaire status, I'm sure. Um, Did you see the photo I posted? I didn't take it. It was uh, Erica Rhodes, who's a great comic. But we, we were doing a show uh, out here in L.A. and a couple of weeks ago. And a guy came to the show and looked exactly like Jeffrey Epstein. Really? It, like, exactly. That's a tough face to have. Yeah. <laughs> Erica took the photo. We were all laughing at it. Like Moses Storm was there. He was laughing at it. Erica took a photo and then I, you know, credited her, but I, I posted it again. I was like, and he was sitting in a way, like the way she took the photo, like where he was, he was sitting like this. Oh my God. Like, so oh, I was like, man. that's, that's the posture of a guy who faked his death and got away with it. <laughs> and now he's, now he's just going to a fucking comedy yeah, show. Yeah, he's just watching knock knocks on a roof in LA. <laughs> <laughs> if you did have a face that was highly epstein i would you know i would go i would go put on glasses dye your hair like yeah if if, if i genuinely looked a lot like of that i would go i gotta just that's okay because you don't want every person 
They, you aren't the only people at the bar going, holy fucking shit, that guy looks like Jeffrey fucking Epstein. You're yeah. not. You're not the first people to have felt or noticed that. Yeah. He just goes to a deli and he orders a turkey sub and the guy's like, okay. okay. Huh. Mayonnaise, pickles, 16-year-old. <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just bummed that he either came in after I was done or sat. To, like, I didn't see him while I was up there. I felt like yeah. I, I felt like I could have got a couple minutes out of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I would imagine. Turns out he was the host of the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a great show. We all got on a private plane, flew down there. It was a good time. <laughs> you're like not even. You're not connecting <laughs> the dots at yeah. all. Hung out for an island for a couple for like a week or so. Yeah. Um, it was cool. It was cool. That's so funny. I got a I got a nice clean recording of it from the fbi so i'm gonna post that soon yeah the fbi got my tape but uh it got destroyed somehow i don't know (laughs) so good uh all right man this is fun we didn't even talk about so you're gonna have to come on again soon i think when i come back from my trips and we're we're just we're just gonna talk about music yeah i would love that i that was like it was uh i mean i'm i don't i'm it's nice that a podcast is easy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's it's fun when a podcast is like all right what are your plugs and then you're like oh wait we just talked for like 10 more minutes um yeah well uh, yeah we'll, we'll talk music but i i love talking with you about music because uh, i don't often get to talk about my music taste but mm-hmm. i know we have overlapping uh taste and not to mention i like hearing some of your like uh you know your war stories i guess so to speak of sure, working yeah. in music music videos bands you've worked with like you've so it's like, it's kind of cool. Cause I'm like, oh shit. You know, I like, <laughs> how often do I get like a, to actually interact with someone who's been not just a fan, but has been in and around music in that way. So. And it was, it was cool. Different. It was cool for me to talk to someone who was younger about bands I loved because normally uh, when I talk about bands I love, I'm just talking to a more out of shape version of me. <laughs> the, that's the gray, right you're, yeah the gray beard the i i well, yeah you're the la version of that guy just yeah. so you know yeah. you're the handsome you're the handsome version <laughs> the screen friendly version of that guy because we uh because i i used to be in a band I'll, I'll tell this real quick but i used to be in a band with um i played and i was just the touring bass player but um with the guitar player was a guy named james greer who used to be in guided by voices and wrote the book on guided by voices literally and um but we were we didn't sound anything like guided by voices we were like a post-punk french rock band oh okay yeah. wow yeah the singer her name is lola g she's french she's awesome she's a great songwriter she now that name that name yeah. i just go that's a front man like just yeah. the name i'm like front man yeah and she has a, a new project called death hags which is pretty cool i'm gonna look it up yeah, so we would we would tour around, but and we did pretty well, but we would get a decent size of crowd just based on the association of guided by voices. Mm, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, but I would I would always spot the fan when he would come into the club, which is just uh, big big beer belly, beard, flan always had for thirty five years. And he always does the same thing, which is he walks into the club and looks around and 
realizes the party's over. I mean, like nobody else there looks like him. <laughs> it's all younger people. It's not 1995. I think I think he thought he was going to transport and uh, and then he would that person would then wait for the show to be done and try and track down James Greer to have him autograph a Guided by Voices vinyl, which was always Alien Lanes because that's the only one that Jim's on. Mm. But Jim, mm. Jim's sort of like a recluse. I mean, he, mm -hmm. could, he could play shows, but once the show was done, he disappeared. Not a partier, yeah. 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 And I, I once found him. We, we, we ended up touring Europe and which was the coolest because half our songs were in French. So when oh, we, that is. Yeah. So when we played like Toulouse or where I shit my pants, by the way, and uh, Paris and stuff, that was cool to see the audiences love it. But we played this show, forget where, some Lyon. And uh, yeah. it was big. It was like 500 people. They loved it. Truly felt like rock stars. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And afterwards, all these all these French people were talking to us and stuff, but there were like, there was the French fat bearded guy, like guided by voices. Man. I was like, they're all over the world. And he's like, where is uh, Jim, Jim Greer? And I was like, I have no idea, but I'll help you find him. And we like walk all, all across his club and, and it's now dark cause the show's over like in the performance space. Right. And I just see this <laughs> crack, like this door slightly ajar and it's a crack of light. And I was like, hmm. And I just walk over and I push it open. And it was like the broom closet. <laughs> and, and James Greer's just sitting there on his phone. And I was like, hey, some French slub wants your uh, autograph. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going out there. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Close the door. And that was it. It wasn't even an iPhone. It was 2004. It was, uh, it was on a fucking flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. That's uh, That is a very... Uh... That guy does not like the fans, but he just no. truly loves the art. He's out there for you. He's there for him. Yeah. That's beautiful. All right, buddy. We will, I had a uh, great time, man. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad. I yeah. did, too. Uh, we'll talk soon. And uh, hey, to the sun, right? Is that what you're saying? That's that's the saying where, you know, Brett Coin is not to the moon, to the sun. To the moon, that's gauche. That's tacky. That's people have been to there. Get to. Yeah, people, people have, been, have there. been there. People have been there. Who's walked on the surface of the sun? Yeah. Let's colonize Me. the sun. That is a, oh my God, you just helped. That's a fucking line. Yeah, take you just it. fucking rewrote a line. Yeah, take it. We're <laughs> colonizing the sun. <laughs> Glad to help. Awesome. I appreciate you having me, seriously. Yeah, totally, buddy. Uh, we will talk soon. Yeah, most definitely. All right, later. Adios, please.